Good afternoon and welcome to Sharpen Perspectives, episode 21. My name is Jim Vandeveld of HMC Knives slash HMC Manufacturing, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Ken Spaulding of Zodiac Engineering and Alex Steingraber of SPK Unlimited. What's going on, guys? What's up? up? Not a whole lot. Um, you know, we probably should preface this by saying... Those of you that are listening probably realize that we skipped episode 20, an episode that was promised to you um, many moons ago, which was to uh, the episode was to detail uh, my transition into Fusion 360. And I'll be honest, we recorded it um, and it was long and it was chaotic, but we had a conundrum (laughs) and some complications with Riverside, the software that we use to record our podcasts, where my uploaded uh, screen recordings did not in fact get uploaded. And so we do not have that to share at this time. Uh, Ken is working diligently with Riverside to, uh, perhaps be able to salvage that recording, but we may end up having to record episode 21 and, or 20. So we moved on to episode 21. And, uh, when we have 20 figured out, we will release it at that time. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, it'll be cool either way. Even if we got to go back and redo it, I think it'll be, same, pretty much the same thing, but maybe a little bit more streamlined, but yeah, I think, cool. you know, it'll it be two hours. It was over those... two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be one of those things where now <laughs> if we do have to re-record it, um, we, it's going to be a lot less of like, Hey, look for this. Cause I'll, I'll kind of know what we're going to be searching through. And like, we can kind of give a briefer overview rather than waiting for me to like compute what you're saying and look at it on the screen. But, uh, it was yeah, cool no, though. That, that it was fun. cool, and it was cool to uh to go through the setup and everything. I, you know, I'm feeling a uh, a lot better about it than I probably was beforehand. When I have like some kind of a cut on my knee here, um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving in even more. I actually have um Brian Brown. You guys know Brian Brown, right? Right? You've yeah, so you know who he is. He was behind me or us mm-hmm. at CCKS. Uh, he is actually coming up. He bought a new super mini mill so i don't know if you noticed but haas eliminated the larger size from the lineup they got rid of the two with the bigger work yeah envelope. it's not up anymore since they dropped their new gen minis and the right, umc is, 350 right yeah they dropped that too yeah so I, it was just kind of a bummer he brian brown just bought a new super mini mill um and it's actually he, he bought it like maybe a month ago and i think he's it's actually done being built and on its way to him already um but he is going to come up at the end of the month or the beginning of February um, for five days. And uh, I'm going to pick him up in Cleveland and he's going to come to the shop and we are going to just go over CNC stuff, machine setup and how I do things and some programming stuff. And he's just kind of, kind of get a crash course on uh, manufacturing with a Haas and uh, Carver is actually going to come up too because we're going to prototype a new model and while he's here, so Brian will get uh, exposure to that, but then he'll also get some fusion stuff just because, you know, Carver's been using fusion for whatever, six or eight months. He's still got shit he's figuring out, but he's at least capable enough to like be able to kind of give Brian some, uh, some overview and insight in how to use, how to use it. So I'm going to try and get a little bit more proficient by then also uh, so that we can all kind of operate. I'd love to like pro design and program the new model in fusion um, while Carver's here. So we're kind of all operating from the same platform rather than like, you guys can go fuck with fusion over there while I do some Creo shit over here. You know, I don't, don't really want to do that. Um, but yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having those guys up here for four or five days. That'll be fun. Especially since you said you're getting ahead on everything. Yeah. So that's kind of what's nice (laughs) is I'm looking at like the next few months. Um, and there's some traveling I want to do. I'm going to go back to Indiana with my buddy Logan and do some more foraging, uh, make some more Damascus and, and, and try to continue my proficiency with that. Um, we have a family trip. Yeah, get the, exactly. Um, we have a family trip to Florida, uh, the last week of March or the very beginning of April. We've never done this before, but, um, like four of my buddies and their families local to me, like we're all renting a house in Florida and driving down to Florida for a week and just like staying for a week on the beach with all of our kids and be like a, a shit show. Cause there's going to be like, 
probably like 12 or 15 kids and then like us as adults. So with that happening and then, um, you know, it's just potentially some other stuff that is going to require me to be outside of the shop. It's been fun uh, as I've been starting to prep the drop knives every week to realize that uh, if I am able to take advantage of some lights out machining, if I could get ahead on some of these projects, like I don't want to release a bunch of redundant knives, but having, you know, if I'm making five, if I was to make 10 one week and then set five aside of something and then have it available in like six months or whatever to like, Hey, let's dust these off. And that way when I'm out of town, like this sale can still happen, can kind of stay mm-hmm. consistent with that. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And it's, I'm going to start adding in some composite stuff and, and some different blade finishes and, and stuff like that. So it's going to, the process, essentially the last four drops of knives aside from like the configuration of the lock have been very similar. Um, and so I got to see how my schedule is affected by starting to add in some, some other requirements, but, uh, so far, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty smooth. Nice. Yeah. That or make six every week. And then every five weeks, take a week off. If you're only going to drop yeah, that's five not a week bad or whatever too. Yeah. I don't really have the ambition. It's a lot, it would be a lot more work to, to start to release more. And I kind of had said to people from the onset, like I don't have much of a desire to like try well, and flood dro- anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was thinking still drop the same amount that you're doing now. If you're doing five every week, Make six every yeah, yeah, yeah. week, you know, and then yeah, on the sixth week set or whatever. You, yeah. And then every six weeks or whatever, you got five to drop without having to do anything. Take some time off. No. Yeah. That's smart. It's, it's, it's been really invaluable. Um, having my, I'll call him my employee, my, a buddy of mine that's been coming up here every day for like three or four hours. Uh, and like a, actually these last knives, um, the ones that were dropping this Friday, like he handled everything. He did locks, he did detents, he did all finishes, he did sizing of hardware, blasting and blackening of hardware. Like he did everything. And we've been kind of working towards that uh, like transition of like, hey man, let's make you capable of doing all these like final processes. And then I just sharpen them at the end because he's not really there. But it's been cool for him and I think validating to to kind of learn those things and to and to kind of be a part of it. He's been around the shop all the time for since I built it anyways. Um, and so it's been kind of cool to see his evolution. And, and I, I mentioned this in my story when I was kind of recapping my 2023 was that I, I really want to focus this year on like subduing my control freak nature and like really just accepting that other people are capable of like helping and like that I don't have to shoulder everything. And that like, you can trust other people, you know, I know Alex with your girlfriend, you know, having her and and helping you with stuff. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to have five employees, but like to have one person that you can trust to do some things is pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's a so, huge help too. Yeah. Especially for takes, stuff like that. Like my, yeah. Yeah. My wife was out here when I was doing the slingshot stuff before uh, makers and she built all the slingshots, you know, did all the bands and did all that shit. And, like dude, well, that was like two hours. And she did it in the house and watched her shows and did that. And it's like, yeah, that would have been like two hours of my time that I needed to work on the datums, dude. Yeah, you know. And she came back out with a platter full of stuff, and it was like they were all, all of them perfect. So, it's like that, that nice. happening. That happening is like as magical to me as like the first time I made parts and I put material in and like finished yeah. parts came out. And it's like, yeah. whoa, that's like wizardry. I didn't have to do that, you know. And like yeah. now it's been so long, I take it for granted, but. Now, you know, I have everything laid out on a cart. All the parts are ready to be finished and Mike's here for two hours or three hours and I'm running parts or I'm inside and I turn around and I'm like, oh shit, those are done. That's fucking awesome. And he's like, Dude, it's so hey, we, we could probably try and make 10 next week. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to that. But if you're, you know, if that'll help you learn, like, yeah, we could probably make some more. Do you whatever know? you want, dude. You're here for four hours. Do whatever the fuck you want. Do yeah, as much I mean, as possible, please. Yeah. He, he was like a little stress. Like we, I thought he fucked up a couple of the detents when he was drilling them. Cause I still do them manually. But, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of was like, it was, it was the best of both worlds, right? Where we thought he scrapped them. And I said, Hey man, like you have to learn like, yeah, it sucks, you know, scrapping blades and stuff like that. But, um, you know, detent play is not cool. And I started like playing with it and I'm like, this has like a weird, like double open where it like, hits a you pop it and d10 plays out to a, a hard stop and then it, it plays again it hits and it comes out and i'm like i was like kind of looking i needed like a loop or something to be able to see but yeah he just didn't drill the d10 hole deep enough and it was just sitting in the fucking drill point 
and there was no like wall for the ball to engage <laughs> on. And I'm like, oh, I know so I like told perfect. you to be careful, but you have to fucking drill like <laughs> at least 20 thousands down into this blade. So I just went in there and quickly like opened up all the holes and all the detents were fucking perfect. And I'm like, well, that was cool. It, it gave me a, a, hum, a humility check where I wanted to be like, you just fucking scrapped all these blades, you know? And I was like, no, no, this is training. And then, then they weren't scrapped. And so he didn't feel bad. And I had to fucking figure out how to not be an asshole. And then we both won. So I was like, that was cool. Like, <laughs> I want to be like, I've set hundreds of detents and you've set zero. I can't believe you fucked this up, you dumb motherfucker. You know? But, yeah, no. And then I was like, no, like, you, everything has a learning curve. And I, fortunately, we learned our shit on somebody else's dime. Alex, obviously, was taking all of his own risks. But, you know, I always appreciate it when somebody's patient with me when I'm trying to figure something out. And then, you know, when the shoe's on the other foot, you got to remember that shit. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was doing apps and manufacturing engineer stuff and big shop, you know, or going in other people's shops and doing that, it's like, you got to be super patient with shit. And of course, everybody that messes stuff up always wants to try and blame it on something else most yep. of the time. You know, but it's pretty easy to kind of see through all that stuff and really figure it out. But for me, it wasn't like, my goal isn't to get you in trouble. It's to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. Figure out why it happened and see how we can eliminate that. <clears throat> no, nah, man, it's always the, it's always the night it's, shift. The night shift always. They're the worst. <laughs> third shift, third shift fucking, fucked it up. Fucking saw guy. No, I, uh, I, uh, I realize now, like back to some of the like uh, the bullshit explanations that I had trying to cover up stuff I fucked up, and then like if somebody like <laughs> understands the process as a whole, and is like, you start telling them what happened, and they're like, that's not what happened, and you're like, no, no, I swear yeah. that's what happened, I promise, and they're like, no, that, that's not what happened. No, like, I know. There's three things that happened and you're not going to cop to any of them. But what you said definitely didn't happen. You know, or like the, my favorite one was, which honestly, this wasn't bullshit, but it was like the boy that cried wolf type of thing. Like one out of 10,000 programs where like the posted code is read weird by the machine and it does something and fucking crashes. And so and then you like you set another part up and hit the green button and it works fine. And you're like, I have no explanation as to what just happened. And then nobody ever fucking believes you, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, cause you utilize that sometimes when like, maybe you did something stupid and you're like, oh, I don't know. But then when it really does and it's like, fuck, I wish I wouldn't have fucking pulled that ace in my pocket out for that thing that it didn't fucking matter. Cause anyways, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's been, it's been good having him and, uh, it, it's tough because we're having a conversation, which is like, you know, I'd love to work up to becoming like, you know, full time or whatever. And I have to kind of hit pause and say, hey, man, like, I can't commit to any of that stuff right now. We're figuring out, like, how this workflow works and how the market reacts to receiving knives. And, you know, I can't just all of a sudden commit to hiring you, you know, and paying you thousands of dollars a month for, like, maybe I don't need you this week. You know, if you want to be a part of this, you know, you can. But the business is on its own track. And, like, I can't adjust the the pace of the business's growth to like match one person's needs. You know, it has to be, we have to be flexible to, to what the business asks for. Um, and so he got that. I, I kind of mentioned he has like, it's kind of in between jobs right now. And he has the opportunity to uh, get another job that uh, would be like a 40 hour a week gig. And I kind of made mention of the fact like, Hey, if this is something you're really interested, man, you know, like a lot of guys like myself included, I worked two jobs for a long time, like moonlighting, doing this, and it was fine, you know, and like it, it allowed you to mm-hmm. learn and have fun without the stress of like living off the money that you're making doing that, you know, and said, if you work that other job for six months, then all of a sudden this is turns into something else and it makes sense for you to quit. Like you can quit, you know, you're not the first person to quit another job after six months for a better opportunity, but you know, you right. have to be patient, patient for this to develop. You know, we don't want to put undue stress on this process just because, you know, you don't want to take on another job for six months. So I'm going to reevaluate in the middle of the year and kind of see how things go. And uh, I, I really hope that, you know, he's somebody that uh, that works out for this and that I can I can bring him on more, you know, and, and to close this up, I'll allow you guys to talk eventually here, I think. But uh, <laughs> um uh, another, I just, we haven't recorded in a few weeks and I've been having all these weird moments of reflection lately, but, We've uh, just all been fucking busy too. Christmas, yeah, and, New Year's I know. And, Christmas so. and work and just, you've been sick and all that. But, um, I, uh, forgot what I was going to say. You guys just got a late Christmas gift is me having a brain fart. You know, I can't you talk go. anymore. Um, shit. You're saying uh, you're going to wrap this up with something. 
Yeah, and I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember what that thing was. It was about him and about working. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Either Anyways. way. So, what do you guys got going on this week? I mean, it's Tuesday. Um, wow, we're recording on a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. We're ahead of really ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, I'm just eventually we'll get back to Mondays. Yeah, honestly, I really like when we used to record on Mondays, and it was Wednesdays nice. for a while. Monday gives you a little bit of a, a buffer, and actually, it's been nice because. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays are the days that I don't go to the gym and we do the gym thing at like 11 from like 11 to 12, 15. And then Mike's been coming over at like 1230 or one. So it's been harder for me on Wednesdays to prioritize getting in here and recording just cause like our prime recording time is now taken up. Um, so if we can switch to Mondays or Tuesdays pretty regularly, that would help my schedule a lot also. But, um, yeah, Mondays, Mondays were cool. Not only did it give me more time to prep everything and get it all uploaded and write all the shit for it, but when we first started doing this, it was like, all right, what's the plan for this week? You haven't yeah. done anything yet. It's the beginning of Monday. Let's plan the week out. You know, yeah. we kind of both go through it and Alex now too and figure out really what we're going to do. Starting on Tuesday or especially Wednesday, it's like my week's already set in motion right now and I may be going down the wrong path. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's nice to I bounce stuff off it. you guys. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to bounce stuff off you guys because it's like, all right, what are we going to actually do this week? And then next week, hey, did you get all that shit done? Kind of thing. So yeah, I feel dude, like there's absolutely. a little bit more accountability because of that. You know, doing like it on that. Monday, first thing in Monday. That's a cool perspective. Cool, so. That's a very sharp perspective to have, Ken. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like that? Hell yeah, that um, was good, dude. What uh, what are you working on, Alex? I don't remember. Did you get all your knives for the pre-order shipped out? Yes, they all got shipped out. Um. One almost got lost in the mail, but we figured it out. Didn't quite get lost, so that was good. But everything is out. Everything's great. And then now I'm starting to work on components for the other, the new Gen 4, as it were. The new contoured the, the, scales. The, the Gen 4C. The Gen 4C. I like that, um, man. So yeah, backspacers are done. Clips are almost done. I just got a bunch more clips to run. Um, yeah, I was going to run blades today as far as like the pivots, the drilling the pivots and reaming the pivots. But then when I put uh, the shoulder screws in, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't compensate for the new thickness that I have. So I quickly went on McMaster and ordered the 3 8 inch long ones instead of the 5 16 The 5 16 will probably work. How, uh, how thick are your blades now? Uh, these ones are at uh, 0.156 right now. Nice. Oh, and then they're going yeah. to standards. So they're going to get ground down to 100 thou later on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't opt to go with a thicker blade. I just opted to not double this grind right after water jet. So wow. it's going to be water jet, machine everything, heat treat. Then double disc. Or you could just leave them at 156 and don't grind them and leave all the mill scale on them. <laughs> I could. Bump the, and then bump the price up a little bit. I oh, thought yeah. about doing that, bumping the price up significantly because of mill scale because <laughs> it's, it's cooler. You got to pass your cool. efficiencies oh, in the process onto your customers as cost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them already think I do. Depends who you talk to. Well, when you make when you make that many knives, there's always an opinion. That's for sure. What, Absolutely. Uh, what well, the uh, opinion? Go ahead. I think as as we found, at least for me, the majority of those opinions are unfortunately from guys who don't actually make anything themselves, and the guys who actually make stuff know this shit isn't actually that easy. So they don't right. ever give people shit about it. It's like if you actually made anything yourself, you would know. Yeah. So I actually had a buddy come in um to town uh over the this last weekend um to make a knife i made him we made a 2.9 transient 2.9 together and he had selected some fat carbon and i had previously like profiled the scales done op one i had his blade ready to be ground i had um like he treated surface grind and it was pre post heat treat machined i had like his clip and his uh spacer but um, we set the lock up and detent together. We drowned his blade together and all that. And, uh, 
he just had like no experience with machining or anything. And like, he just assumed like most people like, Oh, you have these expensive machines. So the parts were made. And then, cause I had, I had said to him, I said, I think it'll probably take like four to five hours if we're kind of like casually finishing a knife together from machine parts. And he, he kind of like didn't say anything, but later he like admitted, like when you said that, that I was kind of like, the fuck are we going to spend four hours or five hours working on? And, um, He's like, I just assumed they were ready to snap together out of the machine and, and done. And, I, and he's like, I, I watched you take take that knife apart and put it back together like literally 50 times between detent and lockup and blade grinding and marking this and marking that. And like and uh, he's like, I have the completely different respect. He's like, you know, I have to admit, he's like, when I first saw your price tag for your knives, I was like, that's pretty steep. Like, you know, most people have sticker shock, but he's like, especially when you're utilizing a machine like that seems like quite a lot of money. And I said, uh, I mean, a lot of people think that man, but like, you know, what's four or five or six hours of your time worth on top of like the three hours to machine all the components, like, you know, and then you're not figuring in abrasives. And I said, you're watching me grind a blade and I'm looking at it and I'm like doing quick math at the edge versus the height of the spine. And I'm like, okay, if this climbs 10 thousandths and I remove you know, two thousandths off the edge thickness at that time. I know that if I take off this, it's going to go to that. Then I have to switch to this size. Like you're watching me make these like quick, you know, three digit, three place decimal, you know, uh, decisions as I'm grinding. But like that has come from grinding hundreds and hundreds of blades by hand. You know, it was yeah. like that when you're looking at the cost of things, like this is such a trite thing to reflect to, but you're not paying for the knife. You're paying for the eight years of time that I spent being right. able to make this knife efficiently. You know, yeah, and, experience. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, he's like, I loved it because now every time I show this knife to somebody and they ask me how much it costs and I tell them, I can say, dude, I watched this guy work on this fucking thing for a day. Like you have no idea what goes into making these things, you know, and they can like kind of vouch for your effort. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was really cool. I'd never really I'd made knives in front of people before, but I've made them in front of like knife collectors that kind of understood the process. Like this is a guy that's never had a custom knife before we know each other through archery and like he would never spend a thousand bucks or more on a knife. And so like to see somebody from that perspective with no understanding, go through the whole, all the nuance and like really just kind of like shoot you a text afterwards. It was like, that was fuck. I mean, he recorded videos of everything I did, like sending them to his dad, to his brother, to his buddies. Like he's like, I wanted to like be able to have this whole process to share with people. It was like such a special experience. And like, it was a really cool, like, you know, we, we grilled up some steaks and, you know, we like kind of like just kind of chilled sometimes. It was just a really cool, like fun process. And I really enjoyed nice. it. That's rad. Oh, yeah. I had yeah, a buddy well, come over a couple of days ago too. kind of same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I met on Instagram through some stuff that I'm kind of starting to get into and hit him up. He ended up being local. So he came over a couple of weeks ago and we were bullshitting about some stuff. And then he's like, Hey, I got a slide. You know, can you machine my slide? And I'm like, sure. Come over. So he came over the other day and milled his slide and he was taking pictures and video and doing nice, all that man. stuff. So it was, That's it was really, really cool. cool. It's the small shit like that, that like you get a new appreciation for all that stuff. Yeah, dude, for sure. And like, it makes you like, I still remember how I felt when I was in sixth grade and I saw Transworld skateboarding for the first time. And I saw a dude on an oversized pole doing a board slide. And like, I had no exposure to skateboarding before that, but I remember watching and look going through like this magazine in just complete awe you know of like that and i and another one i remember was transworld bmx tj lavin mm -hmm. in his backyard doing a 360 table just completely like flat as a pancake and like yeah effortlessly looking at that and being like like you can do that on a on a bike you know what i mean like and, I, and little did i know that it would become like the most important <laughs> thing to me for the next like 15 years but like oh, those yeah. moments of complete and utter lack of understanding experiencing it and then i realized that like this is what that is for some people they have no idea what this is they think it's cool and they're like like wow i get to completely go through this whole process something i don't know and like just the stoke factor is so high and yeah. uh so you know i want to provide that more of that i mean that was kind of when i built the shop my whole initial plan and i've seen a couple of makers do this since then and i was kind of like damn i feel like that was my idea but i never capitalized <laughs> kudos on them for capitalizing but like to have like a customer every quarter where you have like a lottery. Cause I mean, obviously a lot of our customers have money and to say, Hey, if you want to do this for the cost of the knife, plus 2000 bucks or something, 
you fly in, I'll pick you up from the airport, you put you up and like, you can build your knife. Like you ahead of time, let me know what you want. And I'll get like the materials and like basic machining done. But like we can spend two days, like eat a bunch of good food, chill in the shop, like finish your knife and like give you like an experience where like, yeah, you're paying a premium for it, but it like lets, you know, people have that. And I've seen, uh, like Nick Swan has like, shoot, he built like a three bedroom, like maker house next to his shop where guys can crash or like maker camp or like Lee Williams so does it with the, the kick shop, you know, where guys are the grind house where they'll go down for like four or five days and, and they'll make stuff. And then he has guys like, uh, Jeremy Marsh or whoever come down and like participate in like the kick shop for that weekend. Um, and I've just been seeing guys do that more and more, but I always thought that would be like a cool way, like quarterly to like reinvigorate the process and like, you know, get you some social interaction and, and some exposure. So that may still be something that I do, but um, definitely seems fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It was kind of the same thing when you came out. I mean, I didn't put you up or anything. Oh, but yeah. Hung out at the shop for a yeah, week we... and you did it and Rotten well, did it. And yeah. Yoni, I mean, it worked Yoni out did for it. me. Yeah. That's right. Yoni did it too. It worked out yeah. for me just because I had other buddies in the area and I just like rented a car and like I could cruise back and forth. Yeah. But that was also that was kind of like an ice breaking moment for us because like, oh, totally. we were friends, but like we'd never met each other. And like, you know, you're not going to invite some stranger into your house. Like, Hey, come out. I'll help you. You can hang at my shop. But like, you ain't going to fucking hang out with my wife and kid. You know and actually? You didn't, <laughs> I don't think you had, yeah. you didn't have any kids at that time. The first time, no. but, uh, you know, we still met up. Fuck. We didn't even get dinner together at night or anything. It was just like, all right, five o'clock. I don't see think we did shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, that was and it cool, was more man. like you were running job shop stuff and like, well, here's the shirt line. We'll program some stuff. And I was like with Paulo in the front room, like in SolidWorks, like designing the Savage. And I would like blank out parts and like I knew how to grind and shit, like my grinding jig. And so I'd like go to the grinder and like we went to True Grit and got materials, went to Sacken and got materials, got belts and shit. And I just kind of like blanked some stuff out. You guys like took me through the folder process of like drilling and reaming holes manually and what to tap and shit. And then like, I kind of just did my, what I knew about fixed blades. I just applied to the finishing of the folder. And I think we like finished on like the very last day, but uh, yeah, I just needed a clip. Actually, actually you said you got it on the bench. Huh? It's right there. And I am not going to bring it out because it's fucking ugly. Dude, I'm so bummed. <laughs> so you made me one of those savage folders and yep. fucking sent it to me and mm -hmm. my truck got broken into and they fucking yep, stole that shit out of my truck. Jacked. It was the one day I, I never like leave. I never leave anything in the truck, dude. Never leave anything in my, in my vehicles, just period. And, uh, yeah, I had to, I went to a buddy shop and I had all my tools in a, in a, uh, crate and I had my fucking Starrett levels in there. Two of them, the one nine nine Z super dialed levels. Cause I went to a shop, he got a foot all and he's like, Hey, can you help me do some training and help me level the machine and all this shit? All right. So I took stuff out of my toolbox at work. And got all this stuff in the crate and I went there, I did it and I came back and I'm like, I'm going to bring this stuff back to work, but I don't want to lug this shit out at, you know, five in the morning. So I left Zero it in the back percent. seat of the truck and had some shoes in there, had fucking tools. Yeah. And they broke into my truck and I think it was probably a local mechanic or something. Cause they meticulously took parts off the truck, the fucking driver's side mirror and a couple of things. So I think they were probably working on a customer's Wait, car they didn't and they go break, around. They didn't just break into your truck, but they just they jacked broke the, your fucking car parts. They broke the lock open on the driver's side and then they fucking took parts off my truck. They tried to start it. The ignition was all gutted yeah. and uh, they used my fucking tools. I'm assuming to take parts <laughs> off of it. And uh, the screwdriver was stuck in the ignition and all the shit, but they couldn't do it because there's a pass lock on it. You got to have the continuity for the key to get it to start or just the starts and balls, shuts down. Dude, and they then they your shit with your a, own shit, dude. And then they took a can. <laughs> I had a can of WD-40 and they sprayed that shit. All the whole truck was coated in WD-40. What and, the uh, fuck? That's so when the an insult like, or injury. Dude. I'm like, dude, there's prints on the fucking car right here. These are not my prints. There's prints on the door. No, we don't do prints anymore. We check for DNA. I'm like, dude, there's literally fucking prints <laughs> on the car, dude. Just take these prints, please. No, we don't. No, we don't do that. We, we don't do that. We check any? for DNA. <laughs> I'm like, well, they sprayed WD-40 all over the whole fucking truck. Yeah. We're not going to get anything out of here. Yeah, that's why they do it. I'm like, cool. So they use my shit to take my parts and use my fucking whole can of WD-40. It was just, it was just a whole mess. WD you you should have yeah. just lit the WD-40 on fire and fucking torch that fucking thing. Damn. I don't know what happened. They fucking stole my shit and lit my car on fire. Those fuckers. Done. 
Yeah, and of Damn, course, dude, you know, and yeah, it was it was so annoying, man. That was when I lived in an apartment. They uh, gated gated parking garage, and the cameras didn't Damn. happen to work. You know, it was the whole situation what? was just stupid. The cops didn't do dude, shit. The apartment complex only, didn't do shit. Nobody did anything. But anyways, California. yeah, my Savage folder was in there, and they fucking jacked it. That was like an acid annoying. stonewash blade. I did like the OxyClean darkening yeah, on it, and that was, it was a cool, cool knife. I look back That's now. It all started every time. for that. Yeah, I, they're like so big and chunky now, but like whatever, it was cool at the time, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was a. It was definitely a wild, the wild west back then. Knife making was different eight years ago than it is now. That's for sure. It was way different. Everybody just, at least, I mean, still kind of, but everything was just so. Everybody were they were all gatekeepers. Everybody seemed like. Yeah, that's so, a good way to put it. So man. Everybody had their two cents. Now you can do whatever you. Like anything you do, it's just if it's a problem, the next day it's gone. The media cycle is ridiculous, and yeah. people have done heinous stuff in this space. And a month later, there's no repercussions. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's, a lot of times they're just unless doing Ale- it again unless and Alex is around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get Alex on the case. He'll sniff it out. I got knives to make. Well, subpar knives to make. You know, pieces. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. Your knives suck so bad that I've like carried mine every day for the last like five months. I use it all yeah. the time. I've used it all the time. It's a good knife, man. Like, like I I really enjoy it. I, I even I even clean it and take care of it. I've sharpened it Dude. twice. Like, so you don't know how many stories I've heard of people saying this knife has literally kicked out, you know, thousand dollar knives out of my pocket, and I'm just like, well, thank you. I I mean I don't really know what else to say, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. I've been carrying mine too. Or or fist bump emojis. Those are good. I send those a lot to people. Um, You can only take compliments so many times, you know? I know. I was just telling him before before you got in here that I finally cleaned my knife because it had tape and shit all over it. I finally cleaned it. And then yesterday there's a bush in the alley when we pull in. This bush just Mm -hmm. constantly, like, Mm -hmm. I have to pull around and it's starting to get so big it touches the car. So I chopped the bush down this morning with this thing. And uh, nice. it, of course, had, you know, glue sap inside it, whatever. Like one nice. of those kind of white gluey pus. So now it's got shit all over it again, but. Whatever. No, Mine's all fucked up. I, uh, when I was working on my truck last week, I was just laying on that pocket clip on the concrete, just dragging that fucker <laughs> through it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it's all fucking, it's all jagged up, man. Even I was using it to cut some shit, toss it on the concrete, whatever. It's all fucking gnarled up, but. Whatever, I that's thought what somebody keyed my car once because there were scratches right by, like next so to you the door handle. Them? And uh, <laughs> I thought somebody was keying the car. I'm like, what the fuck? And then one day I realized that when I'm squeezing through the cars in a parking lot to get into my car, it's my pocket clip. So I'm scratching my own car with a pocket clip. <laughs> Way to God go. Damn it. Yeah, it's about, uh... <clears throat> Sorry. You can go. You can go. Uh, oh, I was going to wow. say, I thought about, well, somebody should. I don't have time. They should make a 3D print of, like, you stick it over a pocket clip or some shit so you don't scratch Yo, cars. Not a pocket clip, not a pocket protector, but a pocket clip protector. Yeah, a pocket clip protector. I like it, man. Get I haven't that. even, I still haven't even set my printer up yet. It's been sitting. Dude. Oh, you got it? You didn't even tell us. Like, Dude, you got uh, it like a two, month ago, at least. And, yeah, like it was January. It was uh, Mar- uh the fourteenth of December, so whatever, like three weeks ago. So one of these days, Bro. I'm gonna set it up and start doing something with it. But I actually, I, 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 I'll be honest. That's one of the reasons why I'm getting this new workbench, is so that I can have a dedicated 3D printer bench because I currently don't have You're any real, real bench. You're gonna space. need it. You're gonna need a dedicated That's- one for that. I'm at, it's, a, it's an eight foot like U-line style steel with like the MDF top or whatever. Nice. Yeah. I, I wish I still it on had, marketplace. Man, I had one. 70, 75 bucks. And like, it's mm-hmm. literally like two miles from me. I'm just going to go pick it up and uh, set it up and get some black carpet on top of it and be good to go. I got one that printer is like, so the rapids go so fast that it just moves literally everything. Really? Yeah. Can you like just bolt be- it down to the table or anything? I haven't. I mean, it's got rubber feet on it and stuff, but like it doesn't move on the table. But like if your table has any sort of play in it, it's going to move it. 
I'll put some reinforced L brackets or something on there. If this thing, it shouldn't yeah. have any play. I mean, it's got steel legs and steel bracing. So I'm assuming it should be good. Those tables are so heavy too, especially with that thick top. Yeah. Yeah. I, got I mean, one it's on not as heavy as the list like 60 but... bucks. Yeah. Nice. Dude, there's a lot of shit, especially Alex in our area. Like you can, if you Google list of cabinets or workbenches, you can find some shit, man. I'll tell you. I need to, I need to go back on there. Cause in my area, you Google it and there's one guy that buys everything up at all the auctions and then sells it for double the price. And I'm like, you mother dude, marketplace, man, or I'm telling you it's there. Like, even if I've like convinced myself that I'll drive a hundred miles to pick up just about anything. Like right now I'm going to get another Rockwell tester. Like I found one for 150 bucks. So Wilson and, uh, nice. like, you know, function perfectly functioning and like, I have one of the handheld uh, Ames ones, you know, that sit on the stand or whatever. Uh, and uh, I'd like to have a, a stand-up Rockwell tester again. Fuck, you remember that Starrett one that I had that got smashed? Fuck, the one that Joe Were sent you? Were you a part of that at all? <laughs> yes, the one that Joe sent yeah. me. I, Joe found it out I here. Had this, she oh, built a fucking this, crate and everything, and it got destroyed. It was a perfect Starrett, like, $5,000 Rockwell tester. It was, like, premium. And he got it for, like... It was like twelve hundred like bucks or something, right? It was like seven hundred and fifty bucks plus three hundred dollars to ship it. And he took oh, it to man. the store, and they put it in a crate, and they packed it in foam, like the spray foam inside the box, and banded it all together. And somebody must have hit this thing with a forklift going a hundred miles a fucking hour, and they completely smashed the entire top of the Rockwell tester, like oh. completely a fucking obliterated. Destroyed it, and it and it and it arrived. And I was like, Jesus, Lord, what the fuck? I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. So I called the fucking UPS store that he used, and they were like, oh, we saw it was insured. We'll, uh, we'll refund you for the cost of the item, but we will not reimburse you the $300 for the shipping, which is what fucked this up in the first place. And so yeah, then I so like, tried to contact Starrett. Like, they have like a rebuild thing on their website, and I submitted a form. And I called him and left him a message. And I'm like, even if they, it's 1500 bucks to refurbish this, like it's still less than half of the price of it new. It was so fucking cherry. And they never right. got back to me. And that thing sat underneath my, my bench at work. Like I had it in the back. Cause that was like, when I'm going to ship it out, it's going to ship from a loading dock. So I'm just going to leave it here. It's so fucking heavy. And it sat there for like two years. And then when I quit my job, I fucking just pitched it. I'm like, I don't have anything to do with this. Like I'm, I'm just letting Fuck. this go. It was fucking destroyed. It sucked. Uh, that thing was you awesome. Find some I would pictures love of that. Have post that. them. Of the destroyed. I have pictures for sure, dude. Oh, it was fucking heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it was like a creamy and even white Joe one too. Like, huh? Yeah, it was a creamy white. It was a white nightmare with like for the, both the, of you guys for months. Mm. Yeah. It was chaotic. And it was like, he offered and I was like, I'm not saying no. But yeah, I think he regret he regretted help being helpful in that in that moment for sure. And then he had to like collect the money. It was like a big problem, you know. And I'm like, note to self, like he should. I probably should have been like, here's 200 bucks, build a two by four crate for it, like you know, band it up, make it solid, like. But I at that time five years ago, I wasn't thinking like that. I'm like, oh yeah, put it in a box on the skid with the spray foam inside. It'll be good. It only weighs like a hundred pounds. It, the load won't shift or anything. Yeah, no. Somebody fucking speared that thing with a forklift for sure. They like office space when they beat that when they beat that fucking printer to death in office space. I think that's, <laughs> that's what, what the crate looked like. <laughs> it was bad. Well, it was a it was a it was a box. Just like they beat it with a bat and like just parts. The dial was hanging off of it. God the whole oh outside was cracked off. The weights were all over them. It was fucking horrible. One of the like most traumatic experiences you know, of like my machining life was like receiving this. Destro I was so excited for it too. You know what I mean? When you're like, yeah, like, Oh, the tracking says it's out for delivery. And like, it shows up and like, and of course I wasn't there when like the, my coworker, cause I had it delivered to my job. I wasn't there. Like when they, when they received it and it was like a young apprentice kid that just like, wasn't paying attention. He's like, Hey, you got a package back here. It looks like it's got a little damage though. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I went back and it was just like no. a little damage. Like, did you fucking tell the driver? Like, no, he, I didn't say anything to him. I just figured I'd come get you. And I'm like, oh, now how are we going to prove that this didn't fucking happen here? Yeah. So whatever. What's done is done. I'll cry about it forever. Yeah, it was beautiful. I have pictures from around then of another one just from their website. But 
I'm looking through my photos to see if I can find pictures of it. It was like that. Then one of those. That that's it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. It was beautiful. Dude. I'd have to Low, go through skinny, here and see, but the nice black, like yeah, everything about it was like it was overbuilt, <laughs> full, true to stare at form, and it was like a 19. It was made like 1990, so it was like before stare it became a name. It was like when they actually were good, and uh, and their shit was worth owning. Damn. Um, now you just pay twice as much for plastic stared branded parts but um yeah i don't even know if i use anything stared anymore never use their indicators suck i've never used their indicators i think my like no my death mics are made of toyo my digital ought to six digital mics are made of toyo i think i have a set of stare at anvil mics uh i think i have a set of stare at depth mics that are like the i have like ought to 10 inch uh rods for them yeah, I think that's mine too. Yeah, mine, I don't I think really it's have six though. Two, but their bait. What I don't like about them is their bases are like not very wide on their depth mics. Like I like the Mitotoyos because they're like they have like a fucking three quarter of an inch wide anvil. You know what I mean? Sit perfect. I really like those chunky ones. But yeah. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, uh, so Alex is working on blades. Was gonna ream pivots and lap them or uh, drill and ream pivot holes in his ten year thick. Uh, blades that are going to be uh, one pubic hair wide when he's finished. Um, Ken is, if I recall, he was working on finishing, surfacing down datum blades and uh, finish machining them post heat treat. Did you end yeah. up finishing that or where are you at with that? So I ran into a snag on this one. Um, I've got one together. So this is a Rev A. This one's all all together. Um, oh, detent's beautiful. real soft. I got to modify the detent on this one, but I don't know if you can see, but the tip um is not Ooh. on this one <laughs> so i had some issues with this one um so i didn't end up sending these out for grind i'm basically just hard milling them a little oversized getting them all flat because there's a, a couple thou bow in them so i cut soft jaws that i have in here one for each side and i'm basically putting the the uh high spot in the middle up so it's laying on the two ends i'll hit them on the grinder a little bit to get it kind of flat and then laying them down without pushing them or hammering them, just tighten them in the jaws and face, flip, face the other side, and they're dead flat. Um, and then I'm doing final finish on the belt, which actually worked out really well. So the flats came out perfect on these things. There's only a couple tenths on flatness, checking them on the plate. Um, nothing detectable if you try and rock or anything. And uh, That's actually pretty did, impressive, honestly. Yeah. It worked out really well. So I'm like, dude, all right, this I so I hit up a bunch of local double disc spots. I hit up there's one spot yeah. um that is a, a vendor of a customer of mine. Um and I hit them up. They very rarely answer the phone. Um I finally got through to them, talked to the guy who's the owner and runs the shop and everything, and he was super stoked on everything, sounded all like he was all into it. He's like, All right, cool, I'll get you a quote right away. Send me an email with all the information. So I'm like, Oh, you'll have an email within five minutes. So I come back in here, I send him the email, give him all the information, photos, all the details, and no response. This was like maybe whatever, a month ago, whatever, whenever I got him back from heat treat, um, a few okay. weeks. It was like two weeks before Christmas. And uh, so I called again, no response, no answer, no nothing. Left a voicemail, no call back, nothing. Sent emails, literally like they fucking vanished. And uh which has been kind of common for them because I've called them before over the years and never been able to get a hold of anybody, which is really fucking annoying. I should just go there. But I called another spot that I've used before. They do a lot of knives for a lot of local knife manufacturers, double disc. Last time I had stuff double disc around, it was like six bucks. They wanted fucking $20 this time piece. What? So I'm like, it was like 19 and change. So immediately I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to just do this shit here in the mill. So I, I, right. I made the jaws. I, I hard milled everything flat. I got them. The face is all flat on this one. And then I was running this one through on the hard mill fixture. Got all the profiles, all the lock geometry, detent. Everything is really good. I got to open up the detent a little bit. It's kind of soft. Um, but <clears throat> my axial stock to leave because the, the blades on an angle in the fixture, my axial stock to leave was too low. And when I was cutting the second side, it cut through all the way so the tab can always loose. axial stock to leave and the yep so the the end mill basically contacted they intersected each other and the blade came loose and it fucking cracked the blade up through where the sharpening choil is 
And uh, so there's a little witness and I couldn't actually take the second side to the final thickness. So one side's right where it needs to be all the way up. Second side didn't come up as far. And when it went all the way through, it kind of burned the edge and then cracked. And then I'm like, fuck it. All right, whatever. I, I can still close the blade. I'm going to cut the tab off. So I was cutting the tab off. And as it was coming through on the last pass, the tab was already loose and the blade moved. And the tip of the blade went into the path of the end mill. And so it cut the tip off. Um, so I just ground it flat. And uh, so like anyways, this one mode, is, dude. yeah, I have extras too, but it really deflated me. It took fucking all the wind out of my sails on these. Um, and it was like right before Christmas. And uh, I'm like, fuck it. I put it together. I threw it on the bench. I'm like, I'm going to come back to this when I'm fresh. And then we did Christmas and New Year's and did all that stuff. And like came back out here this morning and I cleaned everything. I emptied all my chip bins and trash cans and kind of cleaned up and got everything like organized and like, I'm going to hit these fresh today. So after we record, I'm going to get back on doing blades, finish the blades up. I I told everybody that I'm estimating like middle of January to ship the few pre-orders that I took. Um, And I have extra blades anyways. So I'm still on track. I think I'm still going to be good on that. Um, I would have been done maybe a week early or so if I didn't run into this issue and just kind of lose all my motivation and wish I was not doing this shit at all. But Trying you to get, have a little know, bit more wherewithal and, and discipline, you you weak-minded bitch. I know I suck. So, but all the <laughs> nah, man. We I've all we all get tray. that way, man. Like, yeah, I yeah, have, I lost just basically problems. all all motivation for everything out here, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to do any of this stuff right now. I'm gonna take a couple of days off, even though I can't, I shouldn't have. But yeah, like holidays, no one's expecting anything, anyways. I don't have anybody, you know, other outstanding work or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I understand that too. You know, I've never taken an extended period off, but I for sure walked away from it for a day. Um, I think you probably made the right choice and, you know, you're going to be able to expedite with what you have going. I think the biggest win in all of this is that you had those fucking hella warp in your blade and your fucking blade, your jaws solution. When I first saw how you were doing that, I was like, yeah, that ain't going to work. (laughs) <laughs> honestly i was like like yeah, that, that ain't that ain't gonna you're like yeah i'm gonna cut him down to the machine and like hand lap him and i'm like yeah i know about all that and it fucking worked and so the fact it that, worked like, perfect that worked re- that worked really well i would have just been like all right here's 600 bucks double disc these down i don't want to deal with this at all like i don't care how much it costs just, <laughs> yeah just take care of it i'm like a piece of shit you know but you're like the nope, problem with that i don't yeah. uh, have 600 bucks to throw at this right now so i have to get creative <laughs> with the solution and this is what yeah. it's going to be. I'm like, Ooh. I got a little bit of time to work on it and figure it out and make it work. And now I know I got that in my back pocket if I need it. So the only, so it, it actually wasn't too bad. I haven't finished all of them, but um, because I have the solid section in the window and it's the same depth on both sides, as well as having some area down in the bottom here to measure what I can do because the bow's not, it, it's very minimal. It's only a few thou, but it's, it's enough there that I want to get out. So, what I basically did was measure, you know, a face it till minimum cleanup on both sides and then measure from the face to the step in the middle. And then I know which side needs to come oh. up to get it down to the thickness. And I left it nice. Ooh, thick yeah. so that I can take that final thou off the feed lines and everything on the belt. So the, another issue with double disc is like, oh, we can't hold a thou. We can't hold a 16 finish. We can't do any of this stuff. We're going to do a 32 finish and plus or minus thou. I'm like, well, that's kind of shit, but because I have to take material off like anyways to, to grain it anyways, I'm like, all right, whatever. 2000, no big deal. Finish is no big deal. Um, so when I had them quote everything, I'm like, all right, plus or minus a thou, 32 finish, whatever is fine. Just hold them two thou thick and then I'll finish the size and finish the finish on the belt. So I was planning on doing that anyways. Double disc them to 10 over and then lap them finish. So it costs a lot more, but it's yeah. really easy. Or I, could I mean, just honestly, lap that's I, all of it. You could. I I'll mean, just they charge lap you out the 187. Ass. Yeah, I'll lap mm. 187 lap down to 160. Thou off. Here we it go. would Perfect. do it, but I think that yeah, no, you know, I think double. That. I think what Nifty Bar usually charges like seven or eight bucks a blade to double disc. Is that concur- congruent with what you found, Alex? That was what I was expecting. Well, that, that's what they used to charge, but I get the I get different pricing now. Why? Because of volume. Yeah. Also five dollars. Wow, I'm gonna yeah. use that in my back pocket. Hey, I heard you give my buddy Alex five bucks a blade. 
<clears throat> you could also send your blades here, and then we can send we can ship them together. I yeah. was just gonna say you yeah. gotta bump yeah. your thickness up first, though, so all our blades are the same thickness, and then just mix them all up. Dude, hundred thousand blade stock is it's all about the one fifty, dude. One fifty is life. Is that what you finish yours at? Is one fifty? Uh huh. Yeah, mine are at one sixty. Yep. I only did one sixty. Yeah. So that's anything. Because I was using t I was using PB washers before at twenty thousand, so then my gap was two hundred. Yeah. Made it an mm. even two. So backspacers are two hundred thousand. Everything was even. See, I and have to hold on kinda... to at least thirty thousands in my jaws when I'm doing spacers, and I was having a really hard time. Like finding two hundred thirty thousandths thick titanium, I could find two hundred twenty thousandths really easily, but two thirty was really hard to find consistently, and so I switched it to it used to be one sixty and two hundred, and now it's one fifty and one ninety, um, and it's worked out perfectly. Sacken almost always has like two twenty to two twenty five thick tie available, um, so I take advantage of that, but. Yeah, not even just an eighth inch. I mean, a hundred thou cuts nice, but I might bump thin, it up to eight. Thin, I might bump it up to eighth inch. Nice. Gen four is I might do that. The, the dark side. That might end up three sixteenths thick blades. Oh my! Three plus eights, even more weight. Seven eight. Wait, plus, yeah, three eighths. Plus the more weight you Quarter have on the blade, the easier it is to drop shut. Air oh. quotes. Well, that's the thing. Is like. Dee -dee -dee. It still does it, anyways. It does. It still does. Gravity. Gravity. But yeah, no, I might bump it up. I might bump it up to an uh, eighth of an inch and, and see what 200. happens. Two hundred. Yeah, I just. Go here's the deal. The reason why it's always been a hundred thousand is because math. This is way easier. Yeah. Oh, also, and that's how thick my sharks were. When I started with the with the sharks, that's how thick those were, hundred thou, and I just kind of kept everything kind of the same. So I was just like, ah, math's easier. Yeah, but. I guess I I got used to knife math a lot long long time ago. You know, where it's like you have to be able to. There's like you know half a dozen dimensions or or stack ups that you need to like know, and you just I I certainly don't make them like people like oh you know, 156 thick blade for five, three seconds. Like, no, it's 150 or 160. Like keep it in increments of 10. That is a very like, Oh, but I want a 15,000, you know, blade to handle gap. And I'm like, no, make it 10 or 20. Like don't start adding in middle dimensions. Yeah. Just keep it easy by keeping them like, you know, in, in 10 thing, in 10 increments. And, you know, it's like, Oh, well, my three sixteenths blade stock. And it's like, you're going to make a fucking 217,000 thick backspacer. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Keep it easy, but um, yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. I mean, that sounds good. You're you're Ken's cruising for his mid uh, January delivery. Alex is working on the Gen Four C um, contoured Lamias. Um, I am working on my weekly drops and Mac projects. Um, we have people coming in town at the end of January. Yeah, it's this is going to be a very good month. I think. I think we're going to start strong. You're going to. Mm. We're all going to find uh, success. Alex, are you taking a pre-order for your Gen 4 Cs, or are you? What are you going to do with that? Oh, I don't even know yet. I'm. I've got like 302 blades to like get through before I can even think about what method I'm going to uh, um sell these at. But yeah, I mean, I I got two sheets of material. I got it all water jet. It came last week. I wasn't ready for it, and then. I was like, okay, I guess I got to machine all of these blades and then send them out for heat treat because it doesn't make sense to split it up. I might as well send them all out together. So, dude, that's so know. many blades, dude. That's so many blades. Three hundred yeah, blades. Yeah, three hundred and two blades, and the the price of material was exactly it's a it's roughly the same as what I was paying for the crew wear. Really? Yeah. Three hundred and two. You drop how many at a time? A hundred. Uh, the last drop was uh, 115. I think I'm going to back that off to just 100 or maybe 80 or something like that. I don't know. I might just do 100. And that's like six or eight weeks that takes you to do that many? Uh, that one took about five weeks. Damn. I'm doing it wrong. Baby. So good, that's dude. Crazy. So good. <laughs> it's because you don't have fucking threads inside your frames, man. That's why. Yeah, I, need to do that. I, should start, I should start doing that. 
If I could do 115 knives in five weeks to just threads on the inside of my frames, such an even trade. There you go, dude. You take 30 you could, weeks off. You of could it. hide the, th- and you only need three three points. There's, let's get this straight. There's other companies that will not be named on this podcast that do more than three spots on their threads. I have found through research and sheer idiocy that three works and and luck. <laughs> mostly luck that three works and you don't need to have like an insane thread engagement, three threads. That's all you need. You're doing all your and location you off of pins go. anyways. You need one in the front, the back and the yep. lock bar. That's it. And if you don't yep, have we'll a lock see. bar all... inset, I'll be curious. throw two in there. I'll be curious yep. to see when you uh, start doing the aggressive contouring and you start to rip like machine that the rough to rough the contouring in and you're trying to make up time. Like, Oh, I guess you've done it, so you know how long it's and it worked just fine. Must be nice. A hundred, hundred and seven inches a minute, I think, around the one, and then the other one was like, uh, I want to say close to one hundred and twenty-three inches a minute or something like that for the. Oh, you ramped up even faster. I do like seventy yeah. inches a minute, thirty-five hundred RPM for a three-eighths ball, but I guess you could increase the chip load and uh, start feeding it faster. Well, yeah. I found that that works pretty good. Yeah, nice I think for that too, because unless you up. wanted to have, unless you want like a deliberate scallop, ahead. if you're trying to go fairly smooth too, you can do that with a bullnose because there's no negative well, yeah, that, valleys in it. That's true. And that's the thing. And I was thinking about doing that too, so I didn't have to change another tool. But yeah, I do a, I also do an aggressive step over because I want that, I want a one thou cusp pipe instead of a, like a, mm-hmm. you know, smaller cusp pipe. I do one tenth yeah. all day, baby. So wait, what's your step over then? If you're like one thou, what are you stepping over? Like 25? 22, 23, I think. Nice. And I'll it gets like done it. a lot. Gets done a lot faster. The three to but the, at finish, least... the finishing of the contour certainly is the longest cycle right. on the for sure. It's like probably 20 minutes. Um yeah. what so what uh you'll have to send me a picture later of like what the one thou cuspite looks like. You know, yeah, I'll send you a picture. Um, I don't have any, I have blasted uh, ones right now, but I mean, it's there, but it's not annoying, if that makes sense. Like, it's sure. there and it's not annoying. And I think 35 grit, you could probably blast it out. 60 grit, it'll show. Uh, 100 what, uh, grit definitely shows. What are, how the much nice thing stock about are that... you leaving before you finish? Um, so mainly like when it's in the thing, I, I rough around the perimeter, do a ramp with a, uh, with a patch body. And then I come in. So I think there is five to six thou in the center and then whatever thickness is on the outside. And I think it's like 30 thou, maybe Damn, 25 to 30 thou. And you find your consi- your finish is consistent, even though you're taking varying amounts of stock off of the surface when you're finishing. Yeah. Huh. I usually it's find really that light... like if you're taking taking more, you know what I mean. It might leave a witness or it looks a little different. It's a decent like yeah, it's a light step over. But yeah, when I and I had it's a, a dull tool in there, stuff. and I was like, and I was ripping on it, but like when I when I blasted all the cooling off, it was like there's rainbows on there, so it's like fairly good finish. Oh, very nice. Unless it's the tool. I don't know. It could be the tool. The Sarazit tools are badass. They are nice, and they're very affordable. Yeah, I got to look into them, man. You've had good luck with them, and I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, if they perform I don't well mean, outside of Western New York. And Yeah, and I don't mean to brag about the ones that I have. Like, I have the pro, like, there's, like, a higher end line, and there's, like, a, a lower end line. I have the lower end line, which is, like, more affordable than Lakeshore and Harvey. Really? And right, yeah. And right now, so all, all like, let's just say my tool, tool five, which is like my uh, three sixteenths uh, uh, bull nose with a sixty thou rad. So that machined out every single op one, op two, all of the clips that I currently ran, which was over two hundred clips. And it's still going. Who do you buy it through? Uh, I buy mine through Syracuse Supply. 
but I can always buy extra and just like send some to you. Yeah, I want to try some. So I want to see what they have. Uh, what they have. But if you go to if you go to the ones that I actually use, I'll send you a link. But it's called Promax Tools. They're in Sacramento, California. So Sarah Tizzit went around and bought a bunch of companies in the United States, and that was one of them. And they have like they have like the rake angle and or the rake geometry and the helix angle geometry and all that stuff like on the tool, so you know what you're getting. And they have the the tolerance that they grind everything to, which is nice. The Sarah Tizzit. Harvey. Yeah, which is Harvey doesn't have any of that stuff. And I used to use Harvey exclusively. But then switching to these guys, like the cost of the tool for as much wear as you can get out of it or as much life as you can get out of it is just, it, it doesn't make sense to go with anything else. I'd be curious, like <clears throat> what, what are your, what bull noses are you using through them? Uh, I'm using a three sixteenths and it's a 60 thou rad. And then I also use the flat end mill. What do they charge you for a three sixteenths bull nose? Uh, let me check really quick. Let me check. I'm curious uh, about. I'm curious, very, very curious about this. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious, interested in trying some other tooling options. Just uh. Be curious, you know, if I could get some better tool life. Because obviously I'm using a lot of Lakeshore stuff, but if this is cheaper than Lakeshore, uh, then I am willing to give it a shot. Do it. So what year was this? This was 512.23. Where is the 30,000 red? Or 60,000 red, sorry. That's a fourth flute, 316 shank. For flu, well, I can tell you right now, like the three sixteens flat carbide four flute square end mill was twelve dollars. Oh wow! Uh oh, what was that sound? Killdozer. Um, oh, there it is. It was fourteen dollars for the three sixteenths quarter corner rad, sixty thou corner rad. Fourteen bucks. Literally the same cost as Lakeshore. So if it performs better, then that's a big win. So fourteen seventy eight. Solid man, I love it. All right, I'll have to figure out if they have a distributor near me, and I'll order some tools and try them out. <clears throat> if they okay. don't, let me know and. I, they, don't just, they don't just sell them online, do they? Anywhere that we know? No, of? no, they don't. They only go through distributors for Saratizit stuff. How did you find them? So I use this company called Syracuse Supply for all of my tooling and stuff like that. And I also wanted to look into like hard milling the tabs off of my blades or finding a better end mill for hard milling. And um, I ran into Saratizit online and then noticed that they're like pretty badass. Uh-huh. And then talked to my vendor and he's like, oh yeah, there's a guy from Saratizit that came in. I think we're going to pick them up. So then the next week he came in with the rep from Saratizit and was like, here's the guy. And then the guy was like, yeah, I worked for this company for like, you know, X amount of years. I also did this. And then he was like, I worked at, I worked for this one company that did, um, uh, what is it? Engineering work for Corning glassware. <laughs> and they basically had to like, I guess, machine this massive Inconel thing on this lathe because it was a mold for glass. And he brought the cycle time, I think was like eight and a half hours for this thing. And he brought it down to like three hours <laughs> and then like got fired for doing that. Because well, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, it was like a union thing. I don't know. Really you fired or killed by the union. I, it was a weird thing. And then that company ended up shutting that portion of Corning ended up shutting down. Anyway, he uh, knows his shit and a uh, very cool guy to talk to. But I basically, it was a team effort getting it, uh, those tools. And then um, he was like, yeah, we have a 
U.S. companies that we've been buying, and one of them is Promax, and so they use recycled carbide and all that stuff, kind of like um, they're pretty much green. That one company, yeah, Kenamental. They use they use all their own carbide. Nice. Well, very cool. Um, yeah, look forward to checking that out. Cool. Well, I appreciate uh, getting back in the groove. I found that this has become yeah my my sole outlet for like communication and engagement with other human beings throughout the week and us taking two or three weeks off from doing it. It kind of like uh, was detrimental to my mood. And so uh, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I think that we should try. Let's try and keep this rolling through all of 24, you know, week to week. Monday. Um, yeah. On Mondays. Um, yeah. And I'm looking forward to getting out of here because I'm, like I said at the beginning or before we started recording, I'm going to get another workbench today. And so nice. If I, as if I didn't have enough space in the, sh- or no empty space in the shop, as it were, let's pack something else in here that is going to make it even more cluttered because that's what we do. But uh, actually, yeah, uh, along those lines next week, I want to talk about um, I'm planning a shop expansion and uh, starting to pull information together about adding on. So that is a a big thing that I am am starting to get together. uh, And I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on what you think I may or may not need in this expansion. But um, height mezzanine. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually thinking I'm going to put a second story. Um, I'm going to have shorter ceilings on that side and have like bonus trusses where I have a room upstairs because I needed the 12 foot ceilings over here so that I could have a 10 foot garage door so I can get the machines in. But because there won't be any machines on that side, I can have lower ceilings and then have a second story. So that is kind of what nice. I'm thinking to have some office space or something um, over on that side. But uh, yeah, that's something for another podcast. Anyways, appreciate everybody checking in. Uh, This is uh, episode 21 coming to a close. Uh, As always, we appreciate you. Uh, Remember, uh, we do have a Patreon. Link will be in the description. Uh, I'd like to think that by the end of January, I'm going to have a knife prepared for Lotto uh, within the Patreon. So if you'd like to have significantly better odds uh, than you probably do right now for getting a transient uh, or probably a Lamia or maybe even a Datum Reve, uh for sure join I'll the do patreon one for sure and i'll have some done by yeah January. you have an extra one so i I'll think we it. might as well like whether, whether we decide to do it as a as a group or if we decide to um you know do them individually whatever the case may be it'll be valuable to be over in the patreon so uh thank you to those patrons that are already are yeah the trio baby that's i've heard people say that i'm working towards getting the trio but um yeah cool do you guys have anything else you want to add no i'm good no, the, I, I mean, the only thing is, like, I appreciate you guys and uh, appreciate all the help that you've given me this year, whether it be listening or, you know, advice in general. So yeah, thank I, you. My pleasure, man. I found this our group to be a pretty invaluable uh, asset to me. I think that the three of us represent uh, very, a lot of a varied array of, uh, of approaches and ideas and and I think that we balance each other well. And so I look forward to continuing to grow uh, this year and share with you guys uh, everything that I have in store and uh, to find success both together and individually. So thank you very much. I appreciate you also. Yeah, for sure. Cool, dude. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get stepping and go right. pick me up this workbench. Uh, I'll catch up with you next week. Good. Later. Later dude. See you guys. See ya.